Hey guys, it's your favorite rule breaker and our lovely redhead from the Real Solution Podcast. We will begin catering to you guys a monthly PSA to share with you some of the awesome organizations and causes that we're passionate about and would love for you to be a part of as well. This month, we'll be featuring Lifeline, specifically the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, in which our redhead here will tell us more about. Yeah, research has shown 46% of people who die by suicide had a known mental health issue. There are several things that may put a person at risk of suicide, substance abuse, drugs can create mental highs and lows that worsen suicidal thoughts, intoxication can contribute as well. You can reach the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. It's also 1-800-273-TALK. And of course, you can check out the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Last but not least, if you feel like you can't reach out to anyone, we here at the Real Solution Podcast, myself and our redhead, will be more than happy to speak with you and guide you in the right direction of resources should you need to. Of course, thank you always for checking out the Real Solution Podcast, and we'll see you on our next episode. Bye. Bye. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Solution Podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, look who decided <laughs> to join us. <laughs> Did you have any doubt? Listen, some days I have a little doubt and then I just let that dream die. <laughs> I know. I, I could tell that by the three times you hung up on me earlier. Listen, who? <laughs> would do such a thing what do you mean <laughs> i would never i would never hang up on such a lovely red-headed soul <laughs> okay i need my snow shovel <laughs> anyways no i listen the snow would be great right now send me to the snow because i'm sick of this heat are you having a heat wave because oh heat yes wave well, we got lucky the past two days in the late afternoon. We've had thunderstorms, but then it makes for the rest of the day to be crappy, you know, and wet. So, mm, you know, I'm so I'm down here visiting my sister, and it tried to thunderstorm here, but it didn't. It didn't last. But I seen you guys were getting some, so maybe you should send some my way because it's hot. This listen, the little memes that go around that say. <laughs> This can't be the same heat that we grew up in. I feel that because I don't think this is this, this ain't the same sun I had when I was in sixth grade. It's not. It can't be. That's because then you were used to it. Now you're used to your air conditioning. <laughs> oh, no, but don't make me go out. Listen, central heat and air. What do you mean? Now, I had, I had one of them, uh, them window units. I had a window unit and a wall unit. So, you know, they can't say, oh, you're a millennial. I had a window unit and a wall unit, so I understand. You know, and sometimes, sometimes them wall units. And that was in the middle of winter. <laughs> Hello. Sometimes them wall units blow out better AC and better heat than that central heat and air. Sometimes. I, I, I've experienced it, so I'm here for it. I grew up on the farm. We opened the windows. You had a coal burner for heat, didn't you? <laughs> You know, you laugh, but we did have a coal furnace. I remember mm. when we had to have it replaced because it hiccuped and it blew coal dust 
all through the house. See, see this why. See, God know when to put you in what area, and He knew not to put me in that area because I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> you can barely do now. <laughs> correct. Okay. Brunch and vacation. Okay. Brunch and vacation. I don't know what they was doing back then. I'm thankful to my ancestors, but you know what? God knew exactly where to put me, and it's right now. <laughs> I don't know. He's still he's he's still up there with his fingers on the desktop. <laughs> don't push that escape button. Don't push it. Stop. He's got that Staples Easy button. <laughs> Hello, that's all you need. Easy, right there. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, we are going to continue our racial life series. Um, thank you for everyone who has been tuning in. This series has been going great, and we have a few more things to cover. Um, like today, you know, a big part of everything that's going on is the riots and the protests. And there seems to be a lot of. Uh, mislabeling of the two there seems to be a lot of false headlines of course you have your conspiracy theories um, love my folks love a good conspiracy theory about <laughs> who's really out there protesting so um, what better way to begin we'll continue on I should say than to talk about those now there's a difference in a protest and a riot is there? There, there is. Now I protest, and you start the riot. Listen, because that's how you get results. Okay. Where's brunch? Who canceled brunch? Listen, now you want to talk about a riot? I will be out there. I'm burning cars. I, you know what? I'm slashing tires. He is joking, people. Am I? Am I? No. I am. He didn't I, call me for bail. Hello, listen. Yeah, listen. Everyone knows. My mother said if I ever go to jail, I can never call her, so I can't go to jail. Uh, now I'll call you. I will call you. Well, I can't, I can't survive. And I'll hit the record button and laugh. That's what you're going to do. You're recording me. You're going to have me on there doing prison conversations. See? That's how they do. They use you. They use you. Even in the prison system. You. No, Bubba. Brunch is tomorrow. I need, listen, if I can't have brunch, I can't go. Well, no prison for me. I would not survive. I am too pretty. That's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the voices in his head. That's what they tell him, folks. <laughs> so, all joking aside now. Uh, what but, is the difference between a protest and a riot, well, Mr. Brandon? Well, listen. So, by definition, a protest, if, if I can spell the word... <laughs> By definition, now I'm simply on Google, so everybody can do this, and Google's okay for right now. Um, a statement or action. Is it really? For now. <laughs> <laughs> a statement or action expressing disapproval of or the objection to something. Um, I get that every day from my kids. <laughs> Listen, well, that's the noun. You get the verb. The verb is the to express an objection to what someone has said or done. That That's what you get. You get the verb of it. This is why I don't have no kids right now. I can't do it. Um, another definition verb-wise, to declare something firmly and emphatically in the face of stated or 
implied doubt or in response to an accusation. So that was a lot, but you know, that's how they worded it. Um, now for our riot definition, it is a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. Um, the, another definition is an impressively large or varied display of something. Um, and those are both your noun definitions. Your verb definition is to take part in a violent public disturbance. So there is your definition of those two words. Now, history. Um, You're not old enough to have history. <laughs> <laughs> I may have a little bit of it. Um, well, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout history, uh, a lot of your significant historical changes occurred because essentially a riot took place. Um, I, and I, I should honestly rephrase that. It, you know, protesting took place. Riots occurred from some of them and a lot of significant changes in history. I w I'm not going to say a lot, but a good, a, a good amount, a pivotal, a pivotal, a pivotal amount of changes took place because we got to that level. So there's a lot of arguments with people um, amongst society. You know, rioting is wrong, and especially coming towards, let's bring this to today, with riots. Um, you're seeing a lot of damage to buildings, um, people's businesses, property. Um, that's where you get into those who oppose rioting. Now, I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you, riots just don't happen. You, you don't, I mean, they can, but I don't see it happening where you just, we're going to protest something and off the gate it's a riot. Um, you know, there's an old quote um, that was said, and if I'm correct, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and it basically, um, I, I want to make sure I'm quoting this verbatim. Um, I want to make sure I give you the correct quote. So, yes, it was Martin Luther King Jr. And the quote is, a riot is the language of the unheard. So that quote is used inspirationally to support when riots occur. Now, that does not mean that, that that's what people assume is the only way that's going to get the job done because let me i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell you clear today i'm i'm not i'm not gonna be a rioter i'm not gonna jump into riots I, i'm not i don't condone it because i don't think that you should get to that level of burning a building or damaging people's property attacking people because we all know that rambunctious behavior can occur in riots as well I'm I'm not here for that. Um, but but Martin Luther King Jr. also continually 
tried to keep people from becoming violent. Correct. Because he really felt that you could do it, and he really what perpetuated peaceful protesting. Right. And so when I think about him being a peaceful protester and promoting nonviolent protesting, and then to say something like this, a riot is the language of the unheard, he, to me, and, and, I, and I can say I agree with the same perspective, it says that I'm not promoting this, but if it happens, it's happened for a reason because it's not being, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not being addressed. That, that's what that tells me. So, and, and that's personally how I feel. I'm not going to say I'm jumping on to support a riot or go off the gate and be in a riot or cause one or start one. You know, it's a law, apparently, inciting a riot. You can get a misdemeanor for it, if I'm correct, maybe even a felony. Who knows? But I am at the point where I do understand that if they are happening, then they've happened because of a reason it has to be drastic someone's not seeing change and for me that's that that's what i'm getting now i i do know that not everyone's in it for the right reasons i i, I know that but yeah and we'll talk about antifa in a bit yeah i i definitely know that there are probably people out there who just want to cause hell wreak havoc destroy a building break a glass i i completely understand that but, you know, there are other people, I think people are su support riots more than they think. You know, I'll give you an example. The LGBT community, they, there's a famous, I'm not, it's not a famous quote. Famously, the people in the LGBTQ community will tell you that the first pride was a riot. And they will support that. They'll tell you you know that's what this was in order for us to get here the first pride festival the first pride parade whatever they want to call it was a riot um and you will see that in campaigns you will see that in all kinds of slogans so as far as the riots go i'm not saying to commit any acts of violence because I think that's often what they're associated with is violent, violent, violent. Um, but I do believe if a riot has occurred, if a true riot has occurred, because I do know that there are some other issues with that, then that means greater work has to be done or something's not being done enough. Um, because uh, and and the problem with the riots in these days, I'm not gonna say these days. Right now, with everything that's going on, is they're causing issues between the peaceful protests and the community because the media and the media <laughs> will show you riot after riot after riot and this group of people they'll say protesters were rioting protesters were rioting no if they were protesters then they're protesting and so you create a bad perception of peaceful protests why uh, would they why would they portray this any different than anything else they do the same thing with this covid-19 if you listen to your mainstream media we're all dead that's true. 
<laughs> I, you know, I think the mainstream media have got some issues. Um, <laughs> many, many issues. Many issues. Um, because like you just said, you know what? That's what apparently it's also our fault as citizens because that's what we tune into. Oh my gosh, look how bad it is. And for us, just watch, if you only watch TV, you think the country is on fire. But when you take a step back and, and do your own, I get more information off of BBC that's legitimate than our own because they want you to think that we're in peril. My So some of my issues with the rioting and protesting in the media is that it's used to try to discredit um, the Black Lives Matter movement and I, you know I want to be very clear the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black Lives Matter protesters are not the only people who have protested and rioted so that that's my issue because and I've mentioned this before the KKK is still out here having a great time protesting now what I have an issue with from what I've seen and, and you tell me if you've seen otherwise and, and we can use the example I just stated also is that it tends to be the Black Lives Matter protests that are aggressively targeted and turned into riots and then you've got law enforcement with tear gas and rubber bullets and people getting physically injured and harmed by law enforcement. Whereas you have other groups who, such as, let me, such as the KKK, who can still peacefully protest wherever their location is without the same amount of violence from police and law enforcement because and and I've seen that I've seen that in Murfreesboro and then I've also seen but that wasn't peaceful in fact if you'll recall the KKK and that group pulled out because of all the backlash that they were getting so I'm more so also talking about the response and interaction with police but if they don't show up, there wouldn't be any interaction. And I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. that's why you didn't hear it, because they were all set. In fact, they closed down MTSU for that day. They closed down the surrounding schools. Everybody was on lockdown. And then they didn't even come in March. Mm -hmm. now, see, well, if they often, don't come, there's no police interaction. Now, see, they're often associated with as a hate group. So... You know, whereas your Black Lives Matter uh, protesters are not identified as that. They're a civil, uh, a civil rights group. Well, I think they're quickly losing that and crossing over because many of their, not all of them, but many of their participants, I think, are hurting them. I... I do think there are obviously there are let me, let me there are always gonna be some patrons in any protest 
who are overly passionate enough to go beyond your standard parameters. That that's gonna be every protest that you're gonna engage in, uh, at least almost. I, I show me one protest where no one's getting that hyped up, and then I'll believe it. But there's always just gonna be someone who's just gonna be what we call a little bit of extra. Well, but that right there, you just hit the nail on the head. The news isn't going to show us that. I have absolutely no doubt that there were many many protests that happened across the country that had little to no violence correct i agree and see that's what we what i i try to intentionally have the conversation on at least in, in my groups of these protests are significantly peaceful but you don't see those you only see the ones that were transitioned into riots now here's the thing right if you're in a peaceful protest you don't just flip your script that fast something had to antagonize you or instigate the riot from the protesters because i want to back up to that definition because it's a very interesting definition when you go to protests there's two of them here um and actually it may not be protests it may be my riot one Riot, a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd, an impressively large or varied display of something. See, so that right there, an, an impressively large or varied display of something. So, you know, basically any large group of people is going to be considered a riot based on that definition. And, so and I think by new terms, you and I have on many occasions during our episodes have really there's really two sides to that the protests which are peaceful mm -hmm. which are making their statement and they are infiltrated and turned into a riot because the crowd has a, a section that gets out of control oh yeah absolutely so in, with the protests and the riots you know that's my biggest thing is that you know, being able to protest is, is an American right. You have the right to do so. And I think it's, um, I think it's very disheartening to see that some of these groups are not being able to protest uh, in their right. Uh, simply because, at, you know, now this is when you start getting into these conspiracy theories where you believe them or not, but there are several accounts that say that some of these protests that turn into riots are instigated by law enforcement in the city um, or other government official uh, uh, agencies in the city, not just, you know, whatever their local law enforcement is. Um, there's several reports and, and documentations from and accounts from people who report that there have been items staged in their areas to incite the riots, such as bricks. Um, you know, there have been several others that have shown law enforcement in uh, disguise is the word I'm, I can only think of, but uh, <laughs> undercover or disguise, however you want to say it. Um, engaging in riot behavior, inciting riot behavior to discredit the protests 
of the Black Lives Matter movement. So that that's that's kind of where I draw the line there when we start talking about the riots and the protesters because I don't ever want to. You can agree. You can let me tell you something. I've been to a pride a pride parade and a pride festival. Okay, I lost all credibility with pride and with the LBGT community when you told me they discriminate within their community. Oh, they do. They they discriminate within their own community. That's a whole other story, but that infuriates me that you want to bitch and complain about discrimination, but you do it yourself. They do. Talk about hypocrisy, folks. (laughs) Oh, it exists. (laughs) <laughs> so where I'm going was I've been to a pride parade, a pride festival, and I've been there have been protesters, you know, I, Christian protesters or whatever they whatever their group is. But there have been protesters out there and, and they have that right. I, I may not agree with them. I may not support them, but you don't see me out there attacking them. You don't see. Uh, me you don't see you you don't see police like they have that right um they have that right to protest and express their whatever this disapproval dislike for whatever that is if they want to see something change that that's their right they have and i'm not discrediting them as that group because they're protesting so to have seen that myself and then to have your Black Lives Matter protests not be able to go on um, because I, I just want them to be able to go on and peacefully protest and do what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, your law enforcement shouldn't get involved in them. They should be, I think, a, a, a layer of quote-unquote protection or guidance. Let me rephrase that. They should be a level of guidance. Guide them on where they can protest through. Guide them on where to start, where to stop. But there shouldn't be any interference. Rather, you don't have that. You have law enforcement agencies fully fledged in the middle of the street while a group is protesting down a street and then law enforcement coming at them on the opposite side. And I'm trying to figure out why, because I'm trying to figure out, don't they have that right to march down that street protesting or did something change? I don't think they're... Well, first of all, the one thing I'm going to disagree with you on is that was the main thing that happened with protests. and, And I will say what I said a while ago. I believe that there were many, many more protests that were peaceful, but all the media wanted to focus on was the hotbeds where well Minneapolis mm-hmm. we saw that for for days and days on end that was out of control right. that was no longer a protest that was people and I'm gonna bring up Antifa and I'm gonna read that definition because I know you're not quite familiar with them um, and here's probably why Antifa is an anti-fascist political movement in the United States comprising a diverse array of autonomous groups that aim to achieve their objectives through the use of both nonviolent and violent direction or direct 
action rather than through policy reform. Antifa political activists engage in protest tactics such as digital activism and militancy against fascists and racists such as neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other far-right extremists who they seek to combat. This may sometimes involve property damage and physical violence. Antifa doesn't care. I watched many of the videos where where other black citizens approached them and said, what are you doing? We're trying to have a peaceful protest. Right. We're not here to destroy. And I and and some very brave individuals confronted Antifa activists, participants. Um, so I think the media as, and I'm really getting down on the media more and more because you can take out one period or one word and change the entire context of what's going on. The same with your video. I think they wanted us to focus mostly on the riots and the protests that became violent because there's a there is an ulterior motive out there the more and we we've talked about this a little bit the more we keep citizens separated the easier it is for them to get us to swallow whatever they dish out to us and so i think i don't think for the majority from what my research finds when we go look at all the cities, many cities had peaceful protests. Right, they did. And I a, think, and, and a good chunk of social media now, of course, different social media pl- platforms show different things. As far as I could see on Twitter, a lot of people will tell you that there were significant protests, significant amount of protests that were peaceful. They, and of course, Twitter, you know, you can see timestamps, how long ago it was four hours a day, whatever, and they were pretty current. They would say, hey, this uh, this protest happened yesterday, and then th- someone would show and say, yeah, it's happening. It happened two hours ago, and it was really peaceful. So absolutely, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. A, a well, and Nashville itself had two major protests. Mm-hmm. The first one became riotous. They tried to burn the courthouse. Um, they caused significant damage to several of the merchants on Lower Broad. Um, they had people that were hurt, police cars that were um, blown up, set on fire. But the bigger protest was a few days later, mm-hmm. and not one big incident of violence or destruction came out of that. But which one did we see on TV most of the time? Of course, your violent ones. So I think we need to, and we'll do a whole thing on the media in the future, but it's unfortunate that the media is about ratings and shock value and scare tactics. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I actually uh, came across a peaceful protest in Chattanooga. You're uh, such a liar. I, I did. <laughs> now, I did not engage. I did not know it was happening. So <laughs> It was so peaceful. It was very peaceful. <laughs> but there was a group that you could see the protesters, the signs, their, their, their gear, their wear, whatever. 
me and a few of my friends um, celebrating uh, some, one of our other friends who was moving out of town for uh, education purposes. We were walking to a bar. Huh, surprise. <laughs> we were walking to a surprise bar. Surprise, you were walking. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> walking to a bar, and we came across the protest. And so I actually stood there for just a few moments in awe, and I was able to see it, you know, because until you really experience your first protest, you know, your first uh, demonstration like that, you know, you really don't get the experience. And I, I still want to be a part of some. But I saw it. I saw it for myself. I saw all of these people with their signs and their chants, and I saw law enforcement, because this is how, listen, this is how it actually caught my attention. You see the law enforcement car pull to the middle of the intersection and block it off and stop out of nowhere. Now, you know, that's a little nerve-wracking, you know, because I'm thinking, do I need to duck? Do I need to hide? Is somebody on the run? But then as a few more steps occurred, we saw that it was for them blocking the protesters, which is how it should be. They were guiding. They were guiding people from coming through and interfering with them. And they were also guiding them on where they could go. And I loved to see that. So I took it in for a few moments, you know, because I was a little inebriated and trying to get back to the bar. Um, <laughs> and I love a good celebration. <laughs> But I saw it. I saw. What do what you got to say? I know you're going to say something. I, I'm just listening. <laughs> I was able to see it and I took it in. I saw law enforcement doing their part. And then I saw these protesters. Now, I did also find it that this was about um, eight ish o'clock at night, nine o'clock. And, you know, daylight savings right now. So it doesn't get late about doesn't get dark about nine o'clock. But I did. It was late. It was dark enough at my point. So I did find that interesting, but it was good to actually experience that and see that. So I was a part of that. I know it can be done. I've seen it because there's no reason for it to get out of character. As I say, there's no reason um, unless they're incited and even in and unless they're instigated that they should get to the point of a riot. Um, and so I think that's also where I have some of the biggest issues because they just don't turn. You've got to piss somebody off in order for them to go from their peaceful protest to I'm going to now burn your car. And, and I agree. And Minneapolis never started out as peaceful because people were really pissed off over George Floyd. Yes. Now I, and I will agree there. That was a whole different ballgame. They were angry. And truly, there there is not one person that I have spoken to or that I believe that feels that that situation was right. No one believes that that man should have had happened to him what did. Right. I, I agree. I have not met a single soul who says that I agree with what I saw. Now, right. now from, from my understanding, I'm sorry, from my understanding that the reason Minneapolis got to the point that it got to is because I was, my research told me that they already had years of underlying um, poor communities and, and corruption corruption so that was the fuel to an already burning fire so, and I yeah I agree totally so I you know I, I don't I don't want people to think that they just yes that happened and then we riot 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 that tipped 
the the camels back for that community. They were already going through a lot. We're not fairly represented in so many ways, uh, not just black people, but all, all those groups of people there. Minneapolis just did not have a good culture community. And so when that incident took place, everybody was just distraught and angry and pissed and it happened. So sure, I, I, I definitely wanted to cover that because that wasn't the case. Right, but my point with pointing out Minneapolis was because it was it was charged from the beginning. Was George Floyd black? Yes. And I don't was the was the police officer on his neck? Was he white or was he Hispanic? Um there were the one that was on his neck was white, but of course okay, there, it, there was a Hispanic or no, an Asian uh uh, an Asian officer that was there as well. Now, with, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. But to me, the part that was missing was that could have been anybody on the ground. Mm-hmm. It could have been my husband, my son, my neighbor, anyone. The bottom line was that. I don't believe it was racially charged or should have been racially charged because they didn't pick on him for his color. He was actually, they, um, uh, I wanted to say abducted, but that's not the word. Um, they um, took him into custody, I guess, due to allegedly being involved with counterfeit money. Right. So I think that we could get a, you know, a a bigger buy-in. And here comes, you know me, I'm always about unity. If we would have hit it head on about police corruption, period. Because I'm I'm very sure that that police force has many, many lawsuits against them from what you've read, what I've read. Um, their police force is corrupt. Oh, yeah. Kind of like when we talked about Camden, New Jersey. You, you know, you've got to do something to fix. If you want to reform or dismantle or defund your police force do it in a responsible manner like others have done but i think what it caused it to explode was the town is so corrupt that they did not arrest those men that day right none of them and that's where the issue comes in inconsistency with your law enforcement so, so I personally, I personally believed it. It's racially charged those actions. I don't believe that that scenario was um, a sought after. I, I, I think it. I think it happened. Whatever they were doing, and then he got arrested, and then it just happened. Um, and and that could be because there was also speculation. I don't, and I have not done the research to know whether this is true or not, that the police officer and 
Floyd actually worked security together somewhere. Yeah, I did see that. They, <laughs> yeah, they said that they did work together, and then it, there were there was another report that came out that said the chances of them crossing paths at that job was not likely. <laughs> so I I found that very humorous because based on the job, I was like, eh, I don't know if that's true because you kind of. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, was it, did they know each other beforehand and had, you know, bad, bad blood there right. to cause that? But the bottom line is that that police officer should have been detained and arrested and interrogated like any other, any other manslaughter or murder. Right. Yeah, because, you know, so I, and I have said this for years, I am always the last person to try to bring race into a conversation. Now, that does not mean I'm negligent. I know it happens. I know it exists. I am not that blind. I am a nice, keeping person of chocolate walking around in this earth, okay? I know Well, that. you had me till you said nice. <laughs> <laughs> I am a kindred spirit, okay? Um, He's on fire, all right. <laughs> So I know that that happens, but I try to make it the last thing to bring forward. So for me, when I first shared that clip, and it was hard because it was going around, the first thing I said was that a man died on camera. That that's what I can't that that's what I can't get past is that you, as an individual, physically injured. And because I'm gonna say it, I, me personally, no, I, there are several. I think there was a private autopsy. I think there was a, a public autopsy or whatever it was, and they're gonna both give different stories. I'm looking at a video where a man's knee is on another human's being neck, and I know how fragile that is. And then to watch him lose breath and die on camera. So that was. But my to have opinion. said, I can't breathe numerous times. Mm -hmm. And then to have a bystander, and I think it was more than one, I think there were a couple of bystanders who kept saying, he's telling you he can't breathe. Right. And to continue that action. Correct. Is, first of all, it's ungodly. And second of all, where's the compassion? Have you seen so much or so corrupt that you have no feeling for that person even if you thought he was bullshitting you and he's trying to con you to get off of him okay you get off of him right and you say see you're still good he's handcuffed he's laying on his stomach and there are four of you standing there correct that, that that was the hardest part for me because I I, I I definitely think I take the chicken way out and use the emotional appeal and a lot of things I share but emotions are real you have a life and people have feelings so I'm sitting there thinking what I shared it just like this what if this was your father or yep. your brother or your son would you want those same actions to occur that that's what I'm looking at and that's what I ask people because I would not care if it was an Asian man or a indigenous man or an indigenous woman or whoever. I would not want that for them. It I, was a human being and a precious life was lost. Correct. 
And so that was my issue. A man is now dead because of these actions. That is the issue I have. And I've told some I've told a really good close friend of mine mine of this one time. I said, I want your white son to have the same life experience and happiness and the opportunity as my black nephew. That that I want them to have that same chance. There's nothing you know, don't get confused with the fact of being in support of Black Lives Matter, thinking that I'm anti everything else. You know, and I've had to, I, I I've had to steer away from certain groups and certain groups of people um, in my growth and development because sometimes people can promote. Uh, being so pro-black that it seems to come off as anti-everything else or anti-white or whatever it is. And I've been unfriended by a couple of those. And, yeah, and, and, <laughs> I, and I do my best to even stop them dead in their tracks because that perception, while it may not be the case, you're giving that energy off and then you're causing a further gap in, in, into what we're trying to get to. And And we're kind of on the same page i think here where we want to see everybody succeed and i think the more we find ways to unify everyone and that's why i'm saying i'm not discounting that george floyd was black and not at all and this will sound very cold i don't care that was a human being no, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the humanitarian part of you and I. That that's a human life. I exactly. Can't, I can't imagine. And you know, I don't. I don't believe in playing God. You know, we'll have the conversation one day. But you know that some people agree with the death penalty. Some people don't. I'm. I have no place. Let me rephrase that. It was wrong for that. Life is now gone. You can't get that back. Exactly. And I feel that way about the child. There's a young lady out there who's going to grow up without her father. Correct. And there have been several other instances that this has occurred and each one of those instances I try to think of the same thing that a life is now gone and for what reason? You know, I'm not against guns. You have the right to bear arms. I got two of them. I bear them every day when I raise my hands. I grew up. I grew up seeing them. I grew up around them. <laughs> my grandfather, he had them rifles right behind that door. He knew where they were. I knew where they were. You know. I, you know. I. I don't hey, know. I told you when I went to high school, it was a big deal for the for the guys. They had their gun racks in the back of their pickups, and their rifles were in there. We didn't have these issues. Right. But see now, you know. Everything is a, you know, now I have to watch my words when I say this because I, I definitely, this is just an expression, but, you know, my behavior back in the day was definitely a shoot first, ask questions later. You know, I just throw punches and go and run with it and deal with the consequences later. People do that in real life now. And... They think that they can utilize their weapons to end someone's life and then move on with theirs. And that, and then that's where you have to, that's where I try to bring out like the truth. I try to bring the truth 
to be seen in some of those circumstances. You know, there was the clip of the, and we talked about this, uh, with the young lady that pulled the gun on the 15-year-old daughter and the mother. <laughs> you know, right. and, we, and we talked about that. You know, that's one of those instances. It should not have happened. Life could have been gone split second just like that. That doesn't mean that anyone's trying to take away your right to bear arms. There are that that, that was created for a reason. <laughs> now, do we know what the real reason is? Or let me rephrase: it. Do you know why in history that was created? That that constitutional right? Um, because I don't think people are using it appropriately. This <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> um, now I do have to step in and share one more thing, because. Your time is up. I, listen, I'm kidding. I know, I know. I, I'm sharing this as a, as a, as a learning. Who's running this show, me or you? Listen, okay? <laughs> it's my go. <laughs> I'm sharing this as a learning lesson for everybody. You know, and you might have heard me. You might not have heard me. You might have heard this. You know, some individuals love to bring up this example. Um, well, black people kill other black people. All black on black crime, you know. So why are we talking about this white man that killed him? Black people kill black people every day. I'm gonna go ahead and share this nice learning, this learning piece of learning information with you, so that you don't ever have to use this or say that again. Not you haven't said this, but for people who may be listening. And no, I made you say it. <laughs> <laughs> black people do not kill other black people because they are black. <laughs> I think I need to say that again for someone who may not have heard it. Black people don't kill other black people because they're black. If they are engaged in activity and they made a poor decision and have killed, that's it. I'm not we don't support that. We don't we don't condone it. Life is precious. Everyone agrees. So for anyone out there and if you ever hear somebody say that because it it is said quite often. Have you ever heard someone say that? Because it is said, I have seen and heard it said numerous times. And people legitimately believe that reasoning behind when a black life is taken. And they use that as logic. Well, black people, they kill black people every day. Well, here, I now I'm going to, you know me, I'm going to quote you some statistics. That comes out of the statistics. I do not for one minute believe that Black Al gets up in the morning and goes, I need to go kill me a black guy. And I don't think he gets up saying, I got to go kill me a white guy. Correct. I, I would say the same thing. I think what happens is their geographical locations. The majority of shootings happen in the inner cities mm -hmm. and in the projects. So who has been, who is your vast majority in the projects and in the inner city? Of course, black people. So I, I don't, for the, because to be honest, I think when you see white killing white is more, I don't have the statistics, but I view it as more of a premeditated thing. Mm. Because it usually no, it's robbery. Yeah. Um, 
because a lot of that happens out in your suburbs and stuff. Right. I'm not saying it never happens in the inner city. It does. But the reasons those statistics are out there is because of the geographic location where people live. And I think that because there's there's the easy out, the desperation, the thinking that there's no other alternatives, a lot of it stems around criminal activity. Oh, absolutely. So I just wanted to share that. And, you, and, and anyone listening, take, take that with you because it's been coming up a lot lately across social media platforms and people having to express that you said it we know we don't just you don't just wake up and i'm gonna go kill, kill a black person today i'm gonna harm a black person down they don't say that about white people so now you do have your loons or your what is the other word your very out in left field you know and, and let me give you an example of that so, and this doesn't have to deal with killing, but this has to do with prejudice and racist. Um, you know, we're in a time where the generations are really mixed, and it can be very challenging to navigate through. So you, at this time, have an older generation. Did you just call me old? Your words, I think mine. you did. Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> older generation. Hmm. Okay. You have I still old. say you called me old. <laughs> um, you have a generation, an older generation, who grew up. <laughs> there it goes again. During the time of segregation and civil rights. So exactly. So you do have a generation of adults who are... And let me get to let me get specific here. You have a generation of black adults who are very prejudiced against the white people. I have seen it. They have no hate in their heart, but because of the time that they grew in between segregation and transitioning during civil rights, they do hold some prejudice. They definitely do. I, I do not call them racist, and we've already talked about racism and how it's deeming a superiority from one race over the other. They don't have that, but because of their life experiences during this time, I definitely will tell you, they hold some prejudice. Against well, if my father was still alive today, you know, I, I told you my, my experience with my father because, you know, his was intolerable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that. You could not have come to my Halloween party, Brandon. I, listen, and y'all know I love Halloween. I just don't know. He'd have probably had me have brunch just to make you mad. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, out. that's, which it, it floors me why I have the outlook that I have, but I can only say it's because I found that to be so deplorable mm -hmm. That I swore to myself I would, n I, I will do everything in my power to make a difference in that respect. I hear you, hundred percent, and I, and I've witnessed some of it in in, in my life so far. In these good, healthy twenty six years. So, I, I did just want to share that because there are still individuals right now 
who do hold some prejudice against a group of people. That's the time. That's a life experience that I will not have. You know, too often, and, and I'm getting a little bit more philosophical here. Too often, we hold people accountable for life experiences that they don't have. I am not going to have the life experience of living through the 60s. And, and boy, is that your loss. You know. <laughs> well, listen, it's we're not talking, Really the 70s. Say, we're not talking about the 70s and 80s with your Woodstock and your drugs <laughs> and all of your hallucinogenics and your, your quaaludes and things. Okay? I understand that I missed that. <laughs> Brunch was all day. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Very much. That was, that was, a, I need a little two things right there. That was funny. Um, geez, I lost my train <laughs> See, this is why you don't work with redheads. People, take this with you. Don't work with them. They throw you off your whole train of thought. All I can think about is brunch. I miss brunch all day. Oh, I miss brunch so much. Man, I can't wait to get back to brunch. So you, you will never live through the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> Holding people accountable for life experiences that they don't have. I don't, I don't have that life experience. So sometimes people are charged in themselves to try to make you get this experience. You don't appreciate this because you grew up with your hand held out and was given it. Or you don't know this because you're not black during this time. And you cannot hold people accountable for the life experience that they don't have. What you can do is try to show them and educate them as to why they have the experiences that they have now. See, with me, my most frustrating is like, you know, the the folks who unfriended me because of a tweet or a Facebook post. And in some instances, I'll share stuff and I don't comment on it. I ask a question. Right. Is this really what we want life to be like? Because... I am of the belief that we need to stop looking at color and we need to start looking at what's inside the book. Right. Oh, 100%. So going back to your 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 gun stuff, you know about the um couple in St. Louis. Um have you heard about them? It's been going on since the end of June. Well, Mark McCluskey and his wife were in a gated community. Oh, that's the one that we were talking about. Okay, well, where the rioters broke down the gate, got into the community, and were threatening to burn their house down or kill them. Now, this is humorous. The rioters or the protesters... I think by this time we can count them as rioters. They broke into a community. So this, this, I'm going to stop right there because I, I think there's still a lot of um, misleading information regarding that. And we may need to look into this more because from my research and understanding, 
those protesters, yes, it was a gated community. Um, they actually had access because they were protesting to, was it the mayor's home or the governor's home? Whoever's home it was. They were going specifically to somebody's home in protest. Um, over whatever took place. I, we may have to find that again. No, you are right. They were going to the mayor's. Okay, it was the mayor's home. Got it. Okay, but with that, I guess then that's a clouded line. At what point do, does it become lawless? What do you mean? Well, if you have a gate up, and it, and I think it's different if the gate was just at the mayor's, but this was a gate for an entire community and while I get they wanted the, to make the impression on the mayor does that give them the right to infringe on every other person in that community see so I, I didn't maybe I don't have that information because it I have not not seen that I knew it was a gated community I didn't get any reports that they broke through the gates um, I know the couple tried to say that they were trying to get on their property or they did get on their property, which there are doc there's actually photo and video documentation that counter supports that um, because I think I th they were they're both lawyers. That's what's funny about this. Both that husband and that wife were lawyers. So it was very interesting for them to as lawyers react the way they react as a lot of people said. So I well, but I think that comes back to our media. The media has whipped such a frenzy around this. People are scared. Right. And and I did see video where they were standing not in their yard. The ones I saw were when they were standing on the sidewalk. Yeah, on the sidewalk. Taunting them. Yeah. Right. See, but they were taunting them. And see, you know, I ask questions like that. So when does taunting become an issue of law? You know, um, I, I'm just trying to figure that out because people are getting their feelings hurt. Cops are getting their feelings hurt and attacking people. Because you were made fun of or being taunted at. And I'm trying to figure out, when is that against the law? Well, and that's that video that we saw. I, I, I don't think those things are just like this. The full picture of this is here's the question I have and here's the problem I have. You've got the protester standing on the sidewalk, which I guess is debated whether that's public or private since it's a gated community. Right. Okay, irregardless. I saw that, yep. They're on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You're in your yard. Now, you do have the right to have guns. Yeah. They never used the guns. Mm -hmm. They were ready to use the guns if they needed to protect themselves, and that's what they were telling the protesters. And that's where you, you can see the rise of anger and frustration between both sides. Right. And see, what was expressed from the reports that I saw, um, you know, and I'm trying to get a, a timeline because, you know, you weren't, they, you weren't in your front yard. So from where it was that they were seeing, they were like on a back patio or something or a side patio. So you weren't in your front yard. You then saw the protesters so then you decided to run and go get your gun, saying that you feared for your life. And I'm just, you know, I, I just would like an interview because I'm just trying to I'm just trying to piece it together because it's not 
making sense to me. Well, because here's my thing. Irregardless, the protesters are on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You're in your yard. Whether you went and got your gun or why they felt threatened, okay? Mm -hmm. So nothing transpired from that. The gun was never used. The protesters never encroached the property. Right. Okay? So, to me, it's like, okay, it's a stalemate. We're going on to the mayor's house. That's where we were going anyway. Right. And this couple goes back into their house. No harm, no foul. Nothing transpired. But now, do you know that days later, there was a search warrant issued? I didn't know it was a search warrant, but I do know that they came into some legal uh, whatever afterwards. The police had to serve a search warrant, and they took their guns. So, and this is this is what you. This is exactly what I wanted to say because you brought that up. Okay, we got to got to a stalemate. Both go on about their business. What? Other people's arguments in the community for protesters or in the black community's argument was, why did you even get to the point of pulling the gun at these protesters? That that's that's the question that was posed. Fear. See, and that's that's that was the explanation, but a lot of people aren't buying it. They, that, but and I think that's what makes it hard in this case is because. You have cases where you could see, okay, I was in fear for what I was seeing. I'm seeing destruction and damage and this and that. And so others are saying there was no level of fear for you to have right here. Like a sidewalk, protesters walking on your sidewalk should not have negated fear. So their argument is we shouldn't have even got to the gun being pulled. That's what their argument is. And I I get what the argument is, but let's get what the media shows us. Correct. Uh, Yeah. Whole different ball game. And I'm sorry, if that was me and that was happening outside of my front lawn, I can't tell you if I would have gone and gotten my gun right then. Mm-hmm. I'd have been tempted to because once it is the, the, it's the fear of threat. That's what the law says. I can't remember exactly, but it's if you feel your life is being threatened. See, and there are stipulations. We need to get those. I, I, I know exactly right. what you're talking about. There are stipulations as to what the conditions are for feeling threatened. But that's like um, if, because by the time, if they decided, now I have a 50-50 chance, and based on what the media is showing me, these protests are full of angry people. That's what the media has shown us. So when I see this protest coming down my street, what is the first thing that's going to flash in your head? Is this going to turn violent? (laughs) Okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you exactly if I was really in fear or if I was nervous about protesters or everything that's going on in the world. If I saw that, I'm telling you, if I I owned a gun, because I currently do not, and I hope to own one soon to get my license, I would get the gun and have it next to me. But I would lock the doors. I'm not going outside. Who's I would well, see, you know, I'm not we are people known for peeping <laughs> through the windows. And people okay, through the blinds. Well you know I'm different. I'd be out on my front porch. Oh, hell no, I can't do that. <laughs> but I but and I might have my gun in my back pocket. Yeah. 
but I'm not going to be waving it around. Now, you know what I'm going to be doing. What are you all doing? Get your ass home and get on email and send these people. Bombard them till they can't ignore you. But don't don't be threatening me. And you know that's what I would have been See, doing. I take after my grandmother, honey. She would open that blind just long enough and peek through <laughs> it and put her head to the left, put her head to so the right. So you're the creeper in the neighborhood. And the gun will be right there next to me on the table if I need it. But, yeah, that was the argument that a lot of people were making us. We got to the point where the gun should not have been drawn, and that's why they were angry. But there's no law against drawing your gun. Correct. Very correct. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I I would put mine on the table or on the counter well, down at the store. Maybe we should explain that a little more, because you know, constitutionally, you can own your gun, but at that point where you're pointing it directly at people, maybe we need to explain that a bit closer. Because at that but, point, if you're pointing it at somebody, you have an intent. But you're on your own property. Mm-hmm. And you can claim defensive property. Now, had they shot the gun, I think that this the, there would have been a whole different realm. But you see, this is where, and some conspiracy theorists may be out there, and that's fine. But I'm going to tell you that this is also the track of being able to take your arms. I didn't shoot anyone. But I told them, if you come on my property, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what they seem to be doing. They didn't shoot anybody. They didn't even fire in the air to scare anybody. They just said, if you come on my property, I'm willing to use this gun. But no one went on their property, and they didn't use the gun. And like I said, everybody went their, their different ways. They made clear that they would use that gun. So, yes, there was an intent. But you know what? You don't own a gun unless you're willing to show intent. I mean, that's what I... I use that at the convenience store all the time. I do have a gun. I'm not afraid to use it. Now, I'd have been shaken like a leaf had I had to use that gun. And it was... Your hope is to never use the gun for most people. Right. But then days later, to go and seize those weapons when I'm on my own property, to me, that crosses a line. I, so with the gun, I think that, so we talk about them taking it away. You know, I, I think it can be taken away um, if, you're, if you show if you show some sort of uh, what's the word we're looking for probable cause for them to take it away that may not support you should be a a gun owner um, I think I could understand that you know at, at, with them pulling the gun I, I'm here for you know you can own the gun should you be able to need self-defense and use it sure but I don't, I, I think with that circumstance, I've just, I'm not seeing it, you know, you, it's like they took the initiative. Maybe I should say it like this. It's like they took the initiative to show, hey, I have a gun and I will shoot you if you come over here when they were never an issue, you know? So I think to me, that gives me the flag of, 
you came out to, to with the gun ahead of the game. Um, and I could see why that would cause some sort of, you know, well, we may need to consider taking your license and taking your weapons. But, I mean, constitutionally, no one's saying you can't have them, you know. But if you if you pose a, what they say, pose a threat, then I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be taken away. So that's... Because this says, while a video does show the protesters walking through a pedestrian gate next to signs that say, private street, no trespassing, access limited to residents, witnesses have said the protesters were pre peaceful and did not approach the McCloskeys or go on to the lawn of the Midwestern Palazzo where they lived. You know, and to me, it was just very interesting. I mean, you're lawyers. As lawyers, you, which, you know, I guess depending on what type of law you practice, you know, that can affect things. But I had a, I had a different perception. I have a different perception of you as a lawyer. You should know how to handle circum circumstances like that. And I, it just went completely left field. So. Well, and they were older. They're, I think, let's see, what does it say, 61 and 63? Yeah, so they're, you know, probably a little more fearful um, because a lot of the media videos showed protesters, uh, not even protesters, the rioters or the really angry mob beating up elderly people. Right. No, you are correct. Um, there was a lot of... There was a lot of video of, you know, that show why people have a have a reason to be fearful. Um, so I understand, which we'll actually be talking about that in our next episode of the Real Solution podcast, where we'll actually take um, we'll take some often cited characteristics and uh, reasonings when you see videos and documentation of social media and, and how people get their perceptions on what took place on a few examples, um, because there, <laughs> there were a lot of examples. <laughs> Everybody I, had something to show. Exactly. And we want to also, we're going to show the flip side of that. Not everybody came through this with anger and violence there were quite a few people who found ways to try to unify people absolutely there were definitely um groups that took the initiative to show we're gonna get through this and they're not all bad and, and i nobody but i honestly nobody believes every officer is bad every law enforcement agency is bad i, I don't think there's a person that truly believes that but I mean, it's very true. You, the ones that the the bad apples uh, do the most harm, and they're the ones that come to light. You know, <laughs> one of my favorite phrase, phrases. They say karma's a bitch, but she's karma's not only a bitch, but she's that bitch. So that's, <laughs> exactly to me. <laughs> when I think about all those bad apples coming out and then these things happening, I think of I'm like that's nothing but karma. <laughs> So we're going to talk about a few cases, uh, not necessarily cases. We're going to talk about a few examples. Uh, we'll definitely make sure we post links to all of them. Um, there was so much video documentation and footage out there in the world during the last few months of all of the protesting and, and this, that, and the third. 
uh, we got plenty to talk about. And so we're going to cover, I mean, Carol and I spent, geez, days just sending videos to each other. Did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see this? Did you see that? And we it, finally had to stop. It was getting depressing. <laughs> it was. And she was just like, okay, no more videos. This is actually really sad. And I was, and I was like, I agree. Well, and what we, that's when we went to, okay, we can only share good videos now. Mm. And I, I still, my favorite is still the two guys who put up the sign about stop and have a beer. Yes, that one was very, very uh, popular uh, on social media. So we'll make sure to talk about that one for sure. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Real Solution Podcast. Make sure you check us out at www.therealsolutionpodcast.com as well as all of our social media platforms on Instagram, on Facebook, and who knows what she's doing on Twitter. And <laughs> It's out there for everyone to see. I am nervous. Um, whatever. <laughs> but also send us your links to videos that you want to talk about. Absolutely. Share with us your thoughts, your opinions, your documentation, your detail, your research. Show me what your research is. Um, and of course, lastly, whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on, do us a favor and not only subscribe, but make sure you are leaving us a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what can be better, what is already amazing, like my voice. So... <laughs> Uh, be, feel free to share all of that. We would love to know, and we're here to not only make this an experience for us, but a better experience for you as well. It's all about all of us coming together and trying to find a real solution. That's it. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later on another episode of the Real Solution Podcast. Bye. Bye.